Welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast, where we seek to equip the church to understand and live out its faith. I'm your host, Stephen Dew. I'm the preaching pastor at South Caraway Baptist Church in Jonesboro, Arkansas. We want to thank you for joining us today, and let's get right to today's episode. Well, welcome everybody to the Doctrine Matters Podcast. I am your host, as mentioned, Stephen Dew, and uh, it has been a very tough couple of days here uh, in our world. As many of you may know, the Taliban has now taken back over Afghanistan, and some of the Facebook posts that I've seen recently have been nothing short of heartbreaking. Uh, There are many Christians in Afghanistan that have been doing a a magnificent work there for the gospel of Jesus Christ and advancing the kingdom of God through the church there in Afghanistan. And what has happened now is there's been several text messages and, and tweets that have come across from people that are on the ground there in Afghanistan, and what they're experiencing is gunfire, they're experiencing chaos, there's many things that are going on there on the ground in Afghanistan, and they said that as believers, they are fearing for their life. However, some of the things that I've seen is are these Christians are full of joy and peace, knowing that they may be martyred very soon in the coming days, simply because of their faith, simply because they're foreigners, and anyone that resists the Taliban is being slaughtered right in the middle of the streets there in Afghanistan. And it's one of the saddest days that I have Uh, witnessed and been a part of and some of the things that I have read on social media they have just been heartbreaking and and I know that many of you have probably read some things on social media as well and and it just makes me think about people in other countries suffering for their faith we are over here in America and we're suffering at the hands of a government that is mandating us to get a vaccine essentially in many areas there's many places that say you can't get in without a vaccine record showing that you've had your covid vaccination there's many many people and many things going on across the united states where many many jobs are requiring you and mandating you to get a vaccine and while we're all in the middle of covid land here and talking about the restrictions and talking about all of the things that the government wants you to do as far as covid and vaccines and things like that People are going to be martyred for their faith in other countries, and this is one of the things for me that has been kind of a wake-up call recently. I haven't been on social media as much lately looking at the things via uh, Facebook or Twitter or any other thing like that because of all of the COVID talk and all the things, but I do catch glimpses of things sometimes, and I happen to catch the, the glimpse of people fearing for their lives in Afghanistan now. We know that persecution has been happening in China. We know that it's been going on, but it seems like here in Afghanistan, people are fixing to literally be slaughtered in the streets for the name of Christ. And I couldn't help but think about Acts chapter 7 and Stephen being a martyr. He stood up and told, he preached the gospel. He pretty much preached a message from the beginning of the Old Testament until where he was there in Acts chapter 7, and they hated him for it. Matter of fact, let's think about Stephen, and let's look at what Stephen, uh, what what happened here, and then look at Jesus in the midst of all this. This is an this is very interesting to me, but we see in Acts chapter seven, starting in verse fifty four, it says, says now when they heard this, they were cut to the quick, and they began gnashing their teeth at him, but being full of the Holy Spirit, he gazed intently to heaven and saw the glory of God. 
and Jesus standing at the right hand of God and, and said, Behold, I see heavens opened up and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice and covered their ears and rushed at him with one impulse. When they had driven him out of the city, they began stoning him. And the witnesses lay inside their robes at the feet of a young man named Saul. They went on stoning Stephen as he called on the Lord and said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then falling on his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold their sin against them. Having said this, he fell asleep. Now we think about these martyrs in other parts of the world, in China and now Afghanistan, as it looks like it's fixing to ramp up and be pretty tough for those people there that are Christians and those that are foreigners, and, and, and the airports have shut down. They can't even get out, so they're kind of at the mercy of the Taliban. But these believers are stuck here in Afghanistan with the Taliban kind of running the show now, and they know. They've already received letters saying, we know where you're at, we know what you're doing, we will find you, and we, we ultimately will kill you is how it's gone down over the past couple of days. Christians right now, were surrounded by gunfire. Somebody was FaceTiming one of their loved ones there in Afghanistan. They could hear the gunfire. They could hear bombs going off around them. And it's only a matter of time, they said, before they come looking and finding them. If they can't get out, if they can't be rescued, then they will be martyred for their faith. So we look at Stephen here. We know Stephen to be the first martyr that we see in the Bible who stood firm and his spirit was ready. He was ready to be killed for his faith, and he looked up, and he could see Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Now, I, I wonder if, if Jesus was standing ready to receive him because he was a martyr, and it makes me wonder if that's the way Jesus is going to stand for every martyr that there's ever been and every martyr that will ever be. I wonder if he is preparing himself to stand to welcome individuals from Afghanistan who will lose their lives in the next couple of days. We can only pray that God would get them out of there or God would continue to let them be in hiding somewhere for a long period of time, but ultimately we need to pray that they would continue to be bold in the face of persecution, just like Stephen was, that they would be bold no matter the circumstance, no matter the situation, that they would remain steadfast, that they, as they're being martyred for their faith, would continue to call out and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that if they die for their faith, then we should applaud them and worship God because of their faithfulness on this side of eternity. So it makes me think, too, not only about Stephen being the first martyr and how Jesus stands up to welcome him into eternity and, 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 and makes me think about the, the people that may be losing their lives soon in Afghanistan. This has all made me think about America. And I've titled this podcast, Will the Real Church in America Please Stand Up? Now, I'm fixing to go off on a tangent here, and it's not anything new that you haven't heard, especially from me, but I am so sick to death of churches living amongst themselves, living in their padded pews, their padded seats, their nice uh, large stage sets and presents and uh, all of their huge coffee bars and all of their enormous buildings as a place that can be a hub for the gospel. This has got to stop in America. We gather together as the saints on Sunday, but that is where we gather to worship the Lord collectively, corporately as a body of believers. The, the work that has to be done has to be done 
out on the streets, not inside the comfortableness of our church buildings, sitting our tails on our padded pews and our padded seats and our theater seating, sipping on our lattes while we hear some guy teach us the Bible. We've got to move from learning the Bible to actually putting the Bible into action because not putting the Bible into action is going to lead to a bunch of people bowing down at the feet of the persecutors and saying they are not Christians or no longer Christians or they're going to run and hide just to not be put in that persecution situation because they've sipped on their lattes long enough and they've sat on their comfortable pews long enough that they're not willing to get out on the streets at the abortion clinics in the homes of family members, in schools, in public places, in the public square, and be a voice, a proclamation for the gospel. We need now for the real church in America to stand up and do the work it takes to boldly and fiercely proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ because it's only a matter of time. I have said this, others have said this, persecution is coming to America. It is coming. There is nothing we can do to stop it unless Jesus comes back. Then we're going to have to endure persecution. It could be in our lifetime. It could be in my lifetime. It could be in your family's lifetime. It's probably going to be in our kids and their kids' lifetime. So we have to be prepared to meet persecution head on with the glory of God, the proclamation of the gospel with a ferociousness about her. And I'm going to use that, I'm going to borrow that word from Matt Chandler, although I think Matt Chandler's gone off the rails. We need to be ferocious. We need to be lions. We need to be like wild animals when it comes to the gospel. Nothing should be able to stop us. We should continue to go forward. And for the real church in America to stand up, it's going to take real men of God to stand faithfully in pulpits to call their people out from the pews and the seats and into the culture, into society. We've got to stop playing this comfy game and sitting there doing nothing but listening, sitting there doing nothing to further advance the kingdom of God. Listen, we can sit back and think, man, what a great idea. What what great people to take the gospel to Afghanistan in a place that is so hostile, a place that is... Uh, somewhere that I would never want to be. God bless them. Well, if you can't get out and teach and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ and make disciples right now in your homes, in your communities, in your neighborhood, in your city, then you will never stand in the face of persecution. We have got to be people of the book. We've got to be people that are tired. there, there, There has to be a line drawn in the sand. And some may say, well, what's wrong with having coffee bars and, and big, nice things in our church buildings? Well, there was, there was a time where I'd say, absolutely nothing. That's awesome. Do that. But we are using resources. We are making people more comfortable in their faith or more comfortable to be gathering with the saints when this life isn't about comfort. There was a time where the Son of Man didn't even have a place to lay his head. And here we are as believers trying to make everyone comfortable. When the Bible doesn't call us to comfort, it calls us to lay down our lives, kill our sin, and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ on a daily basis. But here we are in America. We've been coddled. We've been rocked to sleep by pastors and churches that 
are not willing to teach hard things. They're not willing to make doctrine and theology a priority in their churches. They're not willing to teach the hard things in the scriptures because they don't want to lose the large donors. They don't want to lose people in their church. They don't want to be called out in the community for being uh, people of the book. And when I say that, there's going to be some things that you're going to have to wrestle with theologically in the Bible when you read it and study it. And if you come to some theological conclusions, you could be separated in your community and people point a finger at you as one of those type people. But if you're people of the Bible, if you are a person that loves Jesus and cares about doctrine, cares about theology, then you will not care what people think about you, which means we shouldn't care what people think about us because we have a message to take to a lost and dying world. And if it means our life, so be it. The people in, in, in Afghanistan that are probably days, maybe hours away from losing their life, say they have joy and peace. Can you say that? If you were in that position right now, if somebody in America was fixing a bear down on your home right now, or at your work, or in your car where you sit, are you fully willing and able to say, I have joy, I have peace, I am ready to die for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. These people that have been dying for their faith could be added to the Fox's Book of Martyrs. If you have any idea what that is, I would encourage you to buy a copy of the Fox's Book of Martyrs and read about all of the people that lost their lives as a result of their faith in Jesus Christ. Listen how they died. If you want to start with the disciples, look how all of them died. They died brutal deaths. John, it's history tells us they tried to kill him, but he wouldn't die, so they exiled him to an island to live by himself for the rest of his life. The other disciples died gruesome deaths because of their faith in Jesus. And then the early church, all of those people, there's so many people, and it keeps going down the line where people died as a result of their faith in Jesus Christ. And we fast forward to America today where we have the church and then we have the church. We have many people that gather on Sundays, but many people don't teach the hard truths found in the scripture. They don't prepare their people for coming persecution. They don't teach the truth of God's word. They teach light-hearted sermons. They teach barely anything. They teach feel-good sermons for the seeker-sensitive, and so people won't get upset when what we really need is to challenge people to to allow the Bible to step on toes, as we say in the Baptist world down here in the South, that we've stepped on the toes, need to put your steel-toe boots on. There's many pastors right now that are not willing to say hard things and challenge their people because they don't want to lose them. We need to be challenging our people and preparing them for persecution. We need to be preparing them to live for eternity. Yes, doctrine matters. That's the name of this podcast. Theology matters. The Word of God matters, and how we respond to it matters. We cannot be people any longer that just sit back in our little houses, and we just sit back with our Bibles, and we just read it, and then never do anything about what we read. It's actually Sunday right now, and we just had our small group not too long ago, and we talked about this very thing. We have been given a message by God not to drift into this spiritual complacency. We've been given a message that we need to 
Stand firm in the faith. We have been given a message that teaches us that we cannot be content in our lives as Christians. We have to be people that not only read the Bible, but we study the Bible to understand what God is meaning and says in his word. And then we have to do what the Bible says do, but we miss a part. There comes a time where we have to meditate on the word of God. We can read the Word of God all day long and then try to go out and do it. But if we never focus on what the Word of God says, if we never meditate on it, and we never just sit and think through what it means and how we apply it, then we're just kind of going out there swinging at the wind and not knowing if we're going to do right or wrong sometimes. We miss the meditation on the Word part. The Bible is full of times where it tells us that we should meditate on the Word of God, hide it in our hearts, which means we should think through it carefully. So I want to encourage you, as you read your Bible, don't worry about quantity. Think about quality. One of the reasons that sometimes I dislike a Bible reading plan is because it can put so much reading on you every day that you get bogged down in the reading and you just try to get it finished so you can finish your plan for the day. I would much rather somebody read a section of Scripture, think through it carefully, understand what God is saying, look at everything in context, think through, meditate on, and understand how they can apply that to their lives we got many people that are just hearing soft sermons walking out, and they have no clue what to do from there. We've got to have pastors step up and bring fire from the pulpit. They have got to bring the Word of God from the pulpit. They've got to step on toes from the Word of God, and they've got to stop caring what people think about them and care about what God thinks about them as they are leading their people that He has entrusted them to lead. We know that Christ is the head of the church, and pastors have to look to Christ, and there's only one way to look to Christ to lead a church, and that's through his word. We have to teach the word of God, prepare people for eternity, prepare people for coming persecution, prepare people on how to be uh, Christian and loving husbands and fathers and mothers and just spouses and brothers and sisters and mothers and cousins and aunts. and uncles. We've got to prepare people to be people of God, not people of the world. And sadly, there are so many churches that look and act like the world and so few churches that stand up, that are set apart and stand alone in teaching the true word of God, regardless of what their community thinks of them. It is that remnant of believers that is going to be there in the end. So we need pastors to stop thinking about their church size how big they are, how big they want to be. I don't think that you could make a case that there was a mega church in the scriptures with 3,000 added in one day, but even because of persecution, those 3,000 eventually scattered. So you have smaller churches. So I will say this, that I don't believe personally that the Bible teaches us that we should have mega churches. We should plant biblical, solid churches instead of having one huge mega church, Whether you plan a house church or you plan a smaller church somewhere in a community, whatever the case may be, we need biblical, solid churches that can get in the trenches with its people and train them and go to war. Because we are at war right now, whether we believe it or not. We are at war with an enemy that hates us. 
We are at war with the prince of the power of the air. We are at war with the spiritual forces in the heavenly places. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 teaches us this. So we also look at verse 11, and we know that we have to put on the full armor of God, which means we have to understand the word of God before we ever can do that. So we've got to be people that are ready and willing to, to engage in this fight because every one of us are in it no matter what. In our sermon this morning, we talked about the man that Jesus healed of, of multiple demons. And in that, we talked about how we have got to be people that care about Christ. We've got to look to Christ. We've got to follow Christ. We've got to seek after Christ. And we have got to be people that go back and proclaim it. So we have to be people of the book first. We have to understand what God has done. We have to proclaim it, and then we have to live it and obey it. So we have to be people that are concerned about the glory of God, the exaltation of Christ, and the building up of one another. And we have got to be ready for the persecution that's coming. So I want to encourage you to pray for those brothers and sisters in Afghanistan, the ones in China and the ones in utter, uttermost parts of the, the world right now that are suffering persecution at the hands of unbelievers and just because they are believers. And I want to pray and I want you to pray for them that they would finish their race well. I think back to what Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, starting in verse 6. He says this, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. Man, that's sobering when you think about the things that are going on right now. The things I've read on social media, it's, it, it's heartbreaking. But they're kind of like Paul right now in his last hour. Or last hours, for I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. Of course, Paul was beheaded for his faith in Christ. Verse 7 says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. There are people right now all over the world that are in their final hour. Their departure is near. They have fought the good fight. They have finished the race, and they have kept the faith. So let's pray for our brothers and sisters that are about to lose their, their lives. And let's pray that the real church in America would take this seriously and stand up and stop living as comfortable little worldlings, but step up and live as God has called us to live. If that means throwing away the lights, throwing away the sound systems, throwing away the air condition for the sake of the gospel and for the sake of the glory of God, then do so. But we must take this book that God has given us, the Bible, and we must open it. We must preach it, and we must study it, and we must be obedient to it. So when persecution draws nigh, we can stand firm in obedience and boldness for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This has been a late night rambling thought session, something that I just felt like I needed to put out. But more than anything, we need to pray. 
and pray diligently and fervently for our brothers and sisters. And we pray that they will finish their race well. And we pray that if God will spare them, that he would do so. But if not, that they would finish their race and be welcomed into eternity. And that we would mourn their deaths, but also be encouraged by it. Stand up and be bold for the glory of God, the exaltation of Christ, and the building up of one another. Thank you for listening to this short broadcast here late this Sunday evening. I hope it's been encouragement to you. Let's talk. Drop a comment. Where are you from? Let's talk about what's going on in our world today. Let's talk about how we can be real church men and women, real believers in this postmodern secular world that we live in. How can we stand apart for the glory of God? I'd love to hear from you. As always, you can email doctrinematterspodcast at gmail.com. You can drop a comment in the YouTube link here. You can drop a comment in the Facebook post, whatever you want to do. I'd love to hear from you, where you're praying from, and how we can encourage one another in this race that we're engaged in. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for listening, and God bless.